guys, welcome to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. My name's Luis. And I'm Scott. Welcome to today's podcast episode. Let's get started. On the show, we have Sam Brown from Salem Alliance Church. Uh, what's up, Sam? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Luis. Great to, great to be here. I, uh, well, as you can probably tell, I'm not originally from America. I <laughs> in, uh, grew up in England and uh, often mistaken for an Australian, though. Um, when I was, uh, I, I, I live in, in Oregon now. And when I was going through a, a gas station, filling up my car with gas, uh, we got gas attendants here. And uh, as I was about to drive away, the gas attendant asked me to, to put down my window. So I did. And uh, he, uh, he said, uh, before you go, would you mind saying put another shrimp on the barbie? And uh, <laughs> so I said put another shrimp on the barbie. Didn't tell him I was from, uh, I wasn't from Australia, and he <laughs> was a happy man. And I drove off. And, uh, so, but yeah, originally from England, grew up there for the first eighteen years of my life, and then moved to uh, Montana. Um, to uh, to do a school with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and nice. spent about five years there, very formational time in my life, and then felt like God was calling my wife and I, who I met there, to move to a place that we had never been to before. So that's how we ended up here in Salem, Oregon. I didn't know what we were going to do when we first arrived, but uh, over the last kind of six or seven years, have have got plugged into Salem Alliance Church, now working for the church, and... Uh, yeah, loving what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Sam. Uh, for those listeners uh, who are unaware, probably all of you guys, um, I've known Sam for, for a handful of years in my time in Salem. That's where I grew up, and so that's kind of where this connection comes from. And traditionally, Salem Alliance would be considered a mega church mm-hmm. um, in, in all the sense of what that means. But they're, they're going through a shift right now, yeah. prioritizing uh, different values and, and practices. And so that's kind of where Sam comes in. Sam, I know you've had a lot of roles there. You've done a lot of things. Maybe just walk us through kind of your, I don't want to say career arc, but kind of where you've, where you've been and how you're in this role now, where I, I'm pretty sure your title is uh, house church pastor. And what does that entail? What does that mean? Yeah, good question. So. Uh, I originally came on staff as the college ministry admin. At the time, uh, I was in school uh, doing a master's program, and uh, it was it was part time work, and I was working with our, our college ministry. And then a few months in, found out my wife was pregnant, and so that kind mm. of shifted our plans a little bit, and uh, so ended up having to put a pause on my studies, and uh, ended up taking some uh, more responsibility at the church started working with our community groups um and so was working with college ministry and community groups and then um our college ministry turned into young adults with a a shift in 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 pastors and so i started working with young adults and then uh, we started seeing the shift from community groups to house churches and uh Mm -hmm. and and now uh, my full-time job is working with house churches and uh, over the course of the last year or so, uh, we've seen the formation uh, of about 150 house churches. Um, and my my job 
doesn't allow me to pastor all of those house churches. Uh, right. That's an impossible task for any one person. So I, I work with a team of coaches um, who oversee about 10 to 12 house churches and leaders as part of those house churches. And so a big part of my job is giving vision and strategy to um, help our coaches support, equip and challenge the house church leaders uh, as they lead their house churches. So, Sam, thanks for sharing that. At the time when, you know, like a little bit about, you know, about a year ago or so, I had a conversation with Rob Basham, who is also on staff uh, with you guys at Salem Alliance. And uh, my conversation with Rob revolved around, you know, best practices that you guys were learning and kind of making up along the way um, as you guys transitioned in one weekend from just a prevailing megachurch model to launching, I forget what it was, correct me if I'm wrong, and you'll know the stats, like, did you launch 150 house churches in a weekend? Like, that sounded crazy to me when Rob said that. So can you tell me the story about the shift and, and kind of, you know, what went into that? Um, and, and, and let's share that with our listeners, because it's been a while since I've heard the story. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Rob, last May, uh, so just over a year ago, as part of our Pentecost weekend service, felt the nudge from the Spirit to commission people to start their own house churches and at that point you know obviously we're starting to experience um, the reality of the pandemic and 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 so Rob uh, on Pentecost weekend commissioned people to to start their own house churches and it was kind of a throw it out there and see what happens and uh, in response to that we had about 40 or 50 people who are like yes we're feeling that nudge uh, we want to start a house church um, and so at that point, it was just kind of, yeah, we're figuring this out as we go kind of thing. And I, I know Rob did a variety of trainings with those leaders as they're mm -hmm. trying to get things started. And um, and then as, as things continued, as the reality of COVID began to sink in and, and realizing that we're not going to be meeting back as a, as a big church on our regular weekend service, we started inviting more people into the conversations and, you know, our community groups and Bible studies that would have, have met, we started kind of asking them to consider themselves as house churches and adopting some of that ethos that came with that. Mm. Um, and then again, as, as the discerning process continued, we realized that this wasn't just a stopgap for us for COVID, um, but this was a, a new wineskin that God was asking right. us to adopt. Um, and so that's kind of where we find ourselves in this new season. Uh, we are on our third wave now of commissioning more house churches this this wow. June. We've got a commissioning event coming up where more house churches uh, are hopefully going to be planted. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So how many house churches do you guys currently have? So, yeah, we, we have about 150 house churches. Okay. Uh, some of those were ones that kind of formed from the ground up um, when Rob gave that commissioning. Uh, and then some of those have kind of transitioned from a community group, which was maybe a group of 20 to 50 people. And they've now either stayed the same size or split up, multiplied into yes, smaller multiplied, Yes, multiplied, yes. Yeah. Um, or uh, yeah, a, Bible, a, a traditional Bible study, um, 
has has made that transition to a house church and they're still doing the bible study uh but there's some other elements that we've asked them to incorporate into their their time together that we really feel like speaks to the heart and vision behind house church and we're still figuring what our what the identity of a house church really looks like um, i was gonna ask yeah um and you know there's been different things that we've used throughout this process to to guide that conversation um one of the frameworks that we've used up until this point has has been what we've called the four w's so uh each house church should have some element of welcome word worship and witness um so those are kind of been the four things that we've relied on up until this point um recently steve our lead pastor uh, has been leading us in a, a, a sermon series called Replant. Um, and he's he's kind of spoke to a few different things in regards to um, a big one being multiplication. That's really at the mm. heart of, of house church. And, um, and so we've been starting to have some of those conversations. What does it look like in our house churches um, to, to, to multiply? Um, mm. But we're, yeah, we're still figuring things out as we go. Yeah, that's uh, reassuring, you know, you're, that you're figuring it out as you go. And listeners, uh, we're not speaking from a place of expertise here, you know, me or Luis or anyone that we interview. You know, we are not experts. We are trying to figure this thing out ourselves and how this looks and how this you know, manifests into practice, which sounds like you guys are trying to figure out, you know, how does this actually function and function well? Um and so in the, in the grand scheme of Sam Alliance Church, which is a, is a large uh, church, you know, it's the church that supports the school that I have been through, Reach Training Institute, shameless plug, look into that one. Um, how does house churches fit into the life and structure of Sam Alliance? Maybe currently, but in, like, in the long term, maybe what's the goal of this and how does this shift impact Sam Alliance Church? Yeah, what what is that? What have those conversations been like, and what is the the goal moving forward? Yeah, I, I know sometimes in in these conversations, um, traditional church and a micro church or house church can kind of be uh, kind of set up against each other as a, mm. it's either one or the other. We got to pick or choose. Um, but I I think what we feel at least speaking for myself and and other other members of staff that you know i'm in conversations with i, I think we we think it's a, a both and we think mm-hmm. that it's a a complement to each other and um practically what that looks like you know as we've shifted back to in-person services again is um you know some 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 house churches are uh, have started coming to in-person services together um and you know after they've they've listened to the service they'll they'll go um and discuss the sermon whether that's at their home or that's on campus um and so that's kind of what their house church looks like at the moment for others they may go to the the service or watch the live stream separately and then come together during the, the middle of the week and maybe they share a meal pre-COVID. That was that was uh, you know a lot easier mm-hmm. to do. Now it's yeah. becoming, you know, it's 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 better. But um, share a meal together and, and and maybe do the Bible study that's based on the sermon series or continuing to discuss the sermon. 
And then for some people, they, they're loving just being at home so much. They love that setting, that environment, um, that they haven't come back to church uh, on, a, on, a, on a weekend. And um, we celebrate that. We, we, we mm. see them as an extension of, of Salem Alliance and our church community. Um, and, and we want to support them as they continue to, to be the church in that setting. And uh, I, I think there's value in, in coming together and congregating um, as, as, a, as a larger church body and sharing stories of what God's doing in our community and, and in our different churches or house churches. Um, and I, we're, we're kind of talking about like how often would we encourage house churches who are primarily meeting in homes come and gather together as the larger church and kind of talking through what that looks like. But those are kind of some of the things that um, those are some of the ways that house churches are meeting um, with with our traditional church services now starting up again. Hmm. So here's a question, um, Sam, for as we've been exposed to, you know, the micro church, missional communities, simple church is what we call the model. A, a lot of them have like a singular focus, right? Like they have this focus like, hey, some people feel called to um, uh, folks with disabilities or some people feel called to um, just a particular neighborhood. Some people feel called to, um, uh, you know, people on the margins uh, in a specific sector. Like what kind of um, house churches are you seeing? Is there an element of like missional focus among some of those house churches? Is it mostly like neighborhood or regional kind of deal? So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I would say at this point, I don't know how many of our house churches have that specific missional focus. Um, I, I think my my job at the moment is is beginning to have some of those conversations with with the house churches and our coaches uh, for them to see those kinds of opportunities in their neighborhood in their places of influence um for me uh, i i think a big part of of house church that we're trying to tap into is yeah understanding that we are all called to be disciples who make disciples mm -hmm. and um a lot of the times i in, in my own personal experience of, of being part of different church groups is uh you kind of have this attender mindset whether it's attending a, a weekend service or a, a just a a church group small group type thing we can have this kind of attender mindset where we come um and and, you know, as part of the discipleship journey, we do need to intake information, um, but then we are also called to then take that information, apply it to our lives, and also then share that with others and disciple others through that process. And, and so to me, house church, uh, yeah, part of where I'm hoping we can really move towards as um, house churches, um, is just having this 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 mental shift from consumer to contributor and mm. um having the vision for people in our house churches to to be the ones who are discipling others in those those places and like, yeah i think part of the conversation is helping people to realize that um you can 
you can be on mission in your neighborhood or in your place of work or the gym that you go to. Uh, you don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. And um, and so, yeah, I think there's we're in the process of, of having conversations that will lead to this mindset shift of, yeah, I, I have something to contribute. I'm called to make disciples who make disciples. And this is what it particularly looks like in our context. Um, yeah, I love that language from consumer to contributor. Um, and I think that's a shift that a lot of the church in America is wrestling with mm-hmm. uh, rather than just, you know, a butts in seat capacity, uh, ascending capacity, being someone willing to be on mission to contribute to the kingdom um, in all areas of life. And so I think, you know, listeners, this is a very real and honest perspective mm-hmm. of uh, a shift in focus and a shift in priority from traditional prevailing model to, yeah. hey, we're on mission in, in every aspect of life. And how do we actually live that out? And you're seeing real time Sam talk about this shift happening. And so I think it's valuable for our listeners to to hear this. And um, as some of them may be making this shift in their own heart, their own mind, yeah. um, and being a part of the Simple Church Collective and catching this vision yeah. and, and hearing about this shift. And, and as, I, would, I, w- I would just add one more thing to that, just as one of the things that I'm learning in this conversation is the word itself, mission, uh, can be a stumbling block for people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as we've talked about being missional in our house churches, because to me, that's that's um, I, I see that if when we're talking about holistic discipleship, um, one thing that we can do really well in our, uh, our church small groups is we, you know, we focus on our upward relationship with God and our inward relationships with other believers. But what often can be neglected is that outward focus for those outside of our church community who don't know Jesus. And I think if, if we really want to adopt holistic discipleship and see that embodied within our house churches, we have to focus more on the outward and a big part of that is being missional. And so I've, you know, the last three months, I've been in a series of uh, discussions and conversations with about 20 of our house church leaders um, who, you know, I, I think uh, are open to talking about this and, 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 and putting this into a practice with their house churches. And yet I found in this process, uh, you know, as we're talking about mission, people have tons of ideas what mission means. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, 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 is is trying to help people understand what it is and what it isn't uh there's definitely some baggage there that that Mm. people are dealing with and um but but to me yeah i i i've i i want people to see as part of this conversation that yeah to be a to to be on mission doesn't mean you have to go overseas it's about Mm. the ordinary and everyday moments Mm. in our lives and right. it's 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 proclaiming and demonstrating the goodness of the gospels in those places and um we can all do that we can all do that right. and it, this isn't for the select few but this is all mm-hmm. who call ourselves yeah. disciples of jesus yeah. and and uh yeah so just a yeah. few more thoughts on that amen to that yeah um sam as you've uh, been a part of this this shift um what have been some of your biggest losses, maybe personally in this season, 
but maybe even for Sam Alliance as, as it's making this shift. Uh, what have been some of the hardships and some of maybe the losses that you guys have experienced through this shift? Yeah, I, I think I think change is hard. Um, I think whenever you've been doing something, whether that's ministry, whether that's other things in life, whenever you've been used to doing things a certain way um and then have to adapt and change that that can be hard and um when you add on on top of all of that just everything that's happened with covid and the disruption that it's caused in our lives um i think it's it's been a challenging year for a lot of churches and um it feels like in many ways it's been a lose-lose situation mm. um in regards to do you wear a mask or do you not wear a mask? Um, mm. You know, do you talk about racial issues or do you not talk about racial issues? Uh, and then just even with house churches um, and kind of, yeah, a, a shift in um, the way that we're approaching things. There's yeah. definitely, yeah, there's definitely been some grief there. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm someone who's like, yeah, like I totally see the vision of this. I'm totally up for this. And for other people, whether um, staff or, or members of the church, I think it's been a slower adoption process. And, um, and, and that's fair, like that's totally valid. And I think we need to recognize that's just part of this process. And I think we can unnecessarily burn bridges that don't need to be burned just by the way we implement change. And so mm. we've, yeah, we've tried to do this in a way that, honors where we've been but also honors the vision that god's given us yeah. um and i think you know we we may have lost some people in the process it's hard to say whether that's house church or the way our stance on covid or what that is but right. there's definitely been um some losses because of that um yeah Someone, somebody once said, and something that you said just now, I mean, it seems like you guys have led through this entire thing. What little I know about Salem Alliance, you know, and you guys have said, hey, this is what we're going to do. You know, the, the, the worst possible thing is just to kind of just back off and say, hey, we'll see what happens. And then, which is the stance that a lot of people took. At least you guys took a position and made some decisions and said, this is what we're going to do. Really early on, you guys took some pretty strong um, positions on COVID stuff and stuff. And, and I think it was... Somebody connected to Exponential who, who kind of exposed us to this said that um, leadership is disappointing people at a rate that they can tolerate. <laughs> you know, leadership is disappointing people at a rate. And so I haven't I haven't forgotten that. And so, you know, and and, and some people have their, their toleration levels are lower than others. Some people, their threshold is a lot higher. Some people are early adopters. Some people are like, I don't know about this. I'm not going you know, and so, you know, and I appreciate when I sense and hear about people trying to follow what the spirit is doing and say, hey, let's go for this. And then but instead of kind of just sitting back idly and just kind of letting life happen. So yeah. I love I love the leadership coming out of uh, your guys's um, turf. Yeah. And I, I would say I've really respected um yeah, the way the way that our our church has led through the season, it's been difficult. Uh, it definitely hasn't been easy, but just the posture of humility, 
and recognizing that it's probably not going to be what we like or um, how we like it, but just, yeah, taking this posture of humility and how can we reflect Christ to each other and to our community through this. And uh, I love that quote that you just referenced. I, I read it not too long ago in uh, a book that I was reading and the author used another an analogy that's been helpful in this season, particularly with the change to house churches as well. And um, he talks about a crock pot and how, you know, you, you're making a meal in a crock pot. And if you, if you turn up the heat too high, you're ultimately going to end up with burnt, burnt dinner that's not going to taste very good. Uh, but if you don't turn the heat up enough, it's going to be undercooked and you're going to probably get ill from some kind of food poisoning. And recognizing our job as leaders in this season uh, is to kind of be that thermostat. And, mm. um, you know, when we're, when we're having discussions with our house churches about multiplication, we need to, you know, kind of have a sense of where the group is at and how far are we going to push the envelope and for some people, you know, house churches are, are ready to have that conversation and other people are more uh, hesitant to. And so mm. how much challenge do you bring? Uh, how, how much do you just kind of take this posture of listening and hearing where people are, are at? And that's, that's the, the task of a leader in the season, I, I really feel like. In, in, a, in a season of change, we've got to learn how to be that thermostat to know mm, when to yeah. turn up the heat and, and to when to turn it down. Yeah. No, that's a really good analogy, uh, being the thermostat, um, turning up the heat, turning down the heat. Uh, you know, I don't want to focus too much on the hardships and what's gone wrong or been difficult. So also in the same spirit, you know, what have been some of the biggest wins over the past year in this shift um, into house churches, the microchurch expression? What are some of the wins that you've seen? Yeah, uh, I I would say just hearing all the stories that are coming out of the house churches that I feel like have really caught a glimpse of 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 what house mm -hmm. church is all about. And you know, talking about being missional, we've got um, we've got stories like people inviting neighbors over for a barbecue during the ice storm. They were planning on doing a cookout with some friends and that didn't work out and they had all this meat left over and so they invited their neighborhoods on their street um to come over and enjoy the barbecue with them um also during the ice storm as well but were there shrimp on that barbie oh that's a, that's great a question, question. I, that's a... I think it was tri-tip i don't think oh, there was any gosh. shrimp involved no. it wasn't a barbecue then in my opinion <laughs> that's right <laughs> Um, but yeah, we also during the ice storm, you were saying also during the ice storm, oh, also during the ice storm. Yeah. Just got people going around house to house, um, asking if people need a generator to keep their fridge going or to mm. pump out the, the water excess in their basement. Um, hearing stories from house churches who, uh, have people in need and they can't pay the rent that month and people mm. are giving to one another to help support that person and yeah, pay yeah. their rent. Um, we, yeah, stories of physical healing, emotional healing. Um, just, yeah, to me, just these stories reflect uh, what we're called to as disciples. It's the church being the church. It's, mm. it's proclaiming and demonstrating the goodness of the gospel in the everyday moments and the ordinary, and the ordinary moments of our lives um and 
we're seeing we're seeing house churches begin to embrace that and embody that and um it's really really exciting and i i love that mm. i get to be part of this and get to, to witness what's going on so so i have a question for you um one out of my conversation with um with rob he said to me something that uh you know i probably you know i've been thinking about probably weekly or every other week since we're like so dialed into this kind of conversation and trying to figure this out he said uh, and correct me if i'm if, if i misspeak here but he said as a community of leaders that salem alliance church like repented from the front for making the sunday morning so central and putting so much stock in the, the 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 discipleship and the formation of their people. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how that went? Um, if you were there, yeah, I I don't know if I was specifically there for that moment, but we have been in a season of repentance in general, and and Rob and uh, Laura and and Steve have kind of been leading us in that and. Um, one, of, one of the cool things that has come out of COVID, uh, Laura Scherer, our pastor of spiritual formation, has been leading us in kind of a church-wide um, prayer listening exercise where each week she's kind of bringing words that people are hearing on behalf uh, of the church, that God's speaking to them. And repentance has, has been a big theme in that. And, um, and yeah, just even even recently... Just kind of getting pictures of of the church being uprooted um, and and things looking different and uh, I I think yeah that that has been a a part of this process for us is the need to repent of this is what church looks like and and this is the way that it has to be and and it's funny how that can become an idol in a lot in our lives mm. that. Um, mm. And, you know, honestly, as, as, as we think about the future and, and, and we think about change and adapting at this current point and season in time, I think a house church expression is, is, is the best way to uh, empower, equip and release disciples to make disciples. Um, I, I, I think also in this cultural moment, we find that people aren't attracted to coming to church uh, in the ways that they used to be. I heard a stat recently, and I don't, maybe I'm, I'm misquoting this, but it was crazy to me to, to hear that 90% of people under the age of 40 in the US wouldn't come to a traditional church uh, building. And, mm. and so part of, part of the heart behind house churches has been to provide a side door entrance for people who wouldn't typically come through the front doors and and so i i see i see at this point in time house church being uh really key in the future of the church and yeah if that was to change in you know 50 years time would we be willing to adapt and change uh, as necessary and who who knows who knows what's going to happen but i think i think for this point in time uh, house church is 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 definitely a big part of that mm. I love the the spirit of repentance that you guys have consistently demonstrated, especially over the past 
year or so, um, kind of watching from afar and, and through my conversations with different people around Salem Alliance, um, in a spirit of humility, you know, uh, I've heard things said about repentance such as, um, if we're not repenting, are we really following Jesus? <laughs> you know, if we don't have continual repentance, are we really moving forward? Um, I think those are questions that are important to ask um, because we're all sin, sinful people that are in need of confession and repentance. And so um, that's repentance something. Repentance is always a way forward. Repentance is that's, always a way forward, yeah. That in order to move forward, we have to repent. Um, and so I love that. Shifting gears slightly, you know, I have a couple more questions in my mind for you. Um, one being, you talked about what could be in the future of the church. In your opinion, you know, and you, this stuff is still relatively new to you um, from what it sounds. What do you forecast moving forward for the church? What do you see? Um, and how, maybe, maybe what's the shift you see in the church or um, thinking a decade from now or 30 years from now, what would you hope to, to have happened through the, the house church movement? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would say just that. I would love to see the continuation of a movement of house churches uh, in our city and beyond and, and, and people catching, catching the vision um, of, of house church that uh, we, yeah, we are disciples who make disciples, that we are contributors um to to this this church and we each are uniquely gifted in a way and we have something to offer and we are called to 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 be pastors of our own flock we are we are disciples who are, are making disciples and um i yeah i i see house church is continuing to grow and to multiply and um and 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 seeing a network throughout our city that is is having kingdom impact in the ways that we proclaim and demonstrate the gospel in the ordinariness of life and to me i i can't help but see yeah the impact on our city and the impact in the kingdom when people yeah are, are, are fully into disciples being disciples who are making other disciples and um, I, I also see that bringing renewal back into the larger church setting as well. As as people are growing as disciples in the house church setting, I think that's 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 also going to bring people back to the larger church congregation as well and bring renewal there. Um, I see that the larger church setting being a place of uh, of equipping and building up disciples as they go out into mission. Because the reality is, you know, house churches who are on mission are going to find themselves in difficult situations and need additional help and support and equipping along the way. And, and to me, that's where I, I really see the larger church body being a part of is to come alongside and be that hub, be that place of support, as well as challenge it as times to keep people focused on what, what are really the important things. And, um, and so I, I see that the relationship continuing to be complementary. Um, and uh, as house churches go out and are multiplied, um, we'll see renewal coming back into the larger church as well. Uh, and that also being a place of, of equipping and supporting along the way. 
Mm. Yeah. I love that long-term uh, vision of renewal throughout the church. As we begin to wrap up here, uh, thank you for your time, Sam. It's been great. Love uh, him. One, one last question for you. For those of our, our listeners who might be, um, their background might be in a large prevailing model, a mega church, they're making this shift, or even listeners who just might listen th- um, through, through your connections and your networks, what advice would you give to uh, maybe other pastors who are trying to make this shift from the prevailing model to uh, what we call simple churches or house churches, um, especially those that are in the larger mega church traditional background? What kind of advice would you give them who are trying to make that shift? Yeah, good question. Uh, one one thing that's been helpful for me that uh, I I stole this from from Steve, who I think stole this from Andy Stanley. But he uh, he says, "Marry the mission, date the strategy," and I, I think that the mission will always be the Great Commission. It's 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 go and make disciples, um, and that's going to take a variety of shapes and forms throughout history and we've seen that in the early church house church was a big part of that and that kind of shifted after you know the rise of um you know constantine and and we see more of that kind of prevailing church model throughout that time period and in during you know during those years it wasn't that the church was not being the church and you know there were there were some great aspects of that but now we kind of we are in this in this cultural context where we live in, in, in the US, in, in many ways, we're in a post-Christian culture um, that is anti-church, is anti-institutionalized religion. Um, and so we have some of these, these cultural barriers that we need to address and, and be aware of. And if we want to effectively uh, engage in sharing uh, and demonstrating the gospel to people, we have to recognize where they're at. And, and, and as a result, I think something does need to shift and I see house church as being a solution to that because rather than expecting people to come to us, we're going to them being present to them mm. in our neighborhoods, mm. in our places of work, wherever mm. our areas of influence are. And we have this more incarnational mindset that mm. um, we're going to go to people, meet them where they're at, build relationship um, and be missional in that way. So uh, yeah, date, date the strategy, marry the mission. The strategy will change. The mission doesn't change. Yeah. Um, but I just see house churches as the vehicle, the most effective vehicle of discipleship in this cultural context that we find ourselves in. Let me ask you my my last question before we wrap this up here. Um, Sam, first of all, thank you, man. It's been really good having this conversation with you. Um you know, kind of going back a little bit to the conversation we were having about repenting, about making, you know, putting so much focus and stock on the Sunday morning expression. What what kind of lessons have you learned about that? And kind of what kind of shifts and changes are, are you guys making to not go back to making um, the central focus of disciple making the Sunday morning expression? of the church and so what what, you know what kind of shifts you know have you done different things are you gonna are you implementing different things in order to kind of to not to not backtrack to not go back to just because it the pull is so hard 
you know, to the three songs, a sermon, uh, offering, and, you know, whether that's a box in the back or, or plates in the front, you know, like the pull is so strong. So, what, you know, what, what are you doing different now that, that, you, that the Lord's led you through that? Yeah, I, I would say we're, yeah, still in the process of, of working that out. But I would say some things that I've seen, uh, one is us celebrating house churches who uh, are, not, are not coming back to the weekend service. And, and I think, I think that communicates in and of itself that we recognize for some people that is, that's the best thing for them in the season. And yet, yeah, at the same time, like we, we do see the value. And I guess this is kind of where the complimentary thing comes in, but we do see value in, in people coming to the weekend service but that doesn't have to be the only way that it happens. And, and we celebrate those who feel like, hey, we, we can be present in home and, and be the church in that setting. Um, I would also say just a general simplification of all the different programs and things that we're offering. Um, it feels like, um, yeah, it feels like that shift is a way of, of, moving people towards like what are the essential things when it comes to being the church and it mm-hmm. can be so easier easy for us to get into programmatic like i'm going to this thing and that thing and this thing and i actually don't have time to to, to be missional or mm-hmm. to actually apply the things that i'm learning and um and i think just the simplification of our programs and really now house church is is very much the central focus of what we're doing as a church. Obviously there are other things going on, but we tried to simplify it so that um, again, rather than contributing to a consumer mindset where you come to us and you, you get all the goods from us. um, We're wanting to empower leaders as we send and plant house churches. We're wanting to empower and equip leaders to, to be the pastors in their house churches it doesn't just rely on the paid professionals but actually you can go and do this yourself and go and make disciples and so i think that simplification process as well is is part of that thank you for listening to this week's episode of keeping it simple where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand stay tuned as we release episodes each wednesday We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.